0: Why do you want to learn a new language? Well. And where would you use it? What would, how, how would you, what would you do I think what it?
1: happens is a lot of people say, Spade, he's kind of funny, but it comes off dumb. And I think, what could I do to fix that? Maybe learn a, little la- a new mm-hmm. language? Because if we go international, if I take my hilarious act on the road, overseas, right? We, want to be a- we, we. See? You're saying We.
0: We is uh, yes in French, and C oh, is. is yes in Spanish.
1: <laughs> we see, we see. We see, we see.
0: Yes, yes. Yes, Introducing, yes. Here, I'm going to do this because I, I love this company. Introducing Rosetta Stone as the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app that truly immerses you in the language you want to learn.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, this is the trusted expert. For 30 years, you can't go wrong. Millions of users, 25 languages they offer. You could throw any of them at me. Do they do Spanish? Yes. French? Yes. Arabic? Mm -hmm. All the biggies, all the hits. Rosetta Mm -hmm. Stone. They have uh, no English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language. That's a big deal.
0: That's the thing. What they've invented basically is this intuitive process that you pick a language up naturally first with words, then phrases, then sentences. So that's designed for long-term retention, which is mm-hmm. the
1: key. There's a built-in true accent feature that 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 sort of shapes your pronunciation so you so you what, get it right. You blend. What, in.
0: what what are you talking about?
1: You don't sound like it, Pepe Le Pew.
0: It's true that. When you when I do accents, but when you speak a foreign language, you want to get into the rhythm of, of, the, of the words, because that's going to make you understood a lot better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Listen, lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips your language needs in life. Mm-hmm. Lifetime access, 25 languages— And that's 50% off. That is a steal.
0: Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Fly on the Wall listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash fly. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses. Well, for the rest of your life, redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash fly today.
1: Dana, this is Rob Schneider, our good bud who, uh, I can't mm-hmm. believe it's taking this long we got Rob on. He's one of our pals. Yeah. who grown grownups and a million other things. Orgasm guy, uh, sensitive, <laughs> sensitive naked, naked man. man. You remember that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. It was quirky. Right. So I'm going to ask you, yeah, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Do you want to hear about my monkey's audition or my Lorne phone call? Or my uh, mom's. Well, let's feet. start
0: with the monkeys audition. To that's yeah. it. I'll
1: just do one for this intro. Okay. Because we got to talk yeah, about yeah. Rob. Unfortunately, yeah. it's not all about us, mm-hmm. which it usually is on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I go, thanks, guest. That reminds me of a 22 minute story. It's like a long joke. Two narcissists start a podcast. At the, the, <laughs> the guest is the whole time like Woody Allen going, Can I, if I could jump <laughs> in, I had a quick question, just maybe an anecdote.
0: <laughs> sure, you know, because I'm, um, Yes, you know you kind of swallow and smack your lips, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm allergic to uh, podcasting. You see, because
1: you see, yeah. because I don't even mean, mean to be didactic or facetious, but as of this moment, I t- haven't said a word. It's, I knew it's a an hour
0: twenty who went to dinner at his house, and, and, and he said Woody had five Heinekens in a row, and Fucking never and never used the bathroom, never was intoxicated. And the, the guy said, "Woody, you, you you have five Heinekens, and never use the restroom." He goes, yeah, it's my special talent."
1: If that's true, it's hilarious.
0: That's that word for word true.
1: Okay, so I'll I'll do this one on the next one, Monkey's audition. But this one is okay. uh Rob Schneider. Um what can you say? He's got a career, he's got movies, he's got the hot chick, which had Rachel McAdams, kind of not discovered her, but he had, he had Anna Fairs and Rachel Adams, I think.
0: Yeah, right. the thing about Rob, which I it was fun to revisit that he is quite a storyteller. Yes. And you're gonna enjoy this episode because he takes his time. One of the reasons the episode went so long is because he's such a great storyteller yeah. and he would, he'll would he come at these things comprehensively like this part, that part, that part, and get to it, which is really nice for podcasting. So, so much fun. And uh, he sings. Oh, yeah. He does a lot of uh, funny little accents and stuff. He just does a million the the He just does so many characters yeah. and accents. Yeah. He breaks down his catchphrase, Adam Sandler famous catchphrase.
1: I read for that, Dana. For you can do it. Yeah, I go and I go. You can do it. <laughs> I did it like too dramatic, and Adam was like, "Thank you. We'll let you know."
0: I, you know, my thing. I went in red too, and I just, I just. What did you do? I went a little sexy. You can do it.
1: Really? And it was screaming at a at a football game, and that was yeah,
0: your choice? Yeah, I just
1: didn't read the script. I just went and go, you can do it. I go, I read it. the script. It's funny. And that's great. It's great. Oh, it's great, you know, it's great Harvey, but uh, next time. <laughs> next <laughs> time. Maybe <laughs> maybe skim the just a page of the script when it says stadium <laughs> full of people.
0: No, I did not read for You Could Do It, but Rob, uh, he he's the only one who could do it. Copy Machine, we go through that. It's yeah. great. Massive Everyone Harry and Ilkantori we break down those which the I big to news,
1: hear. which I shouldn't say. Didn't mm-hmm. he? Did he write fucking Mass head here? I. It was
0: his. I'm That's sure unreal. you know. It's then people would it's could chime in, but the it was Rob's, and he will tell you. I thought it was stories handy. about what happened at the end of mass. Massive head wound, Harry. Because what happened was a little incendiary involving an animal, and there was a method to the madness. Yes. How's that for a tease? I'm teasing more now.
1: And this one's a two-parter, and uh, mm-hmm. or as I call it, a two-farter. No, I don't. Actually, I don't say yeah. that.
0: This is all. This is great. You're in here. These are just really fun because I can get a a sense of you. You know, like if. It's Something's zoom. wrong, or you're bored, or you're suppressing a yawn. <laughs> Your eyes darting. <laughs> that face that says, why did I say yes? <laughs> no, no I, 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 Can I, we start
1: it? It's
2: gone. Okay. Oh, we're already going. This, oh, we're we're going. already
1: halfway done. Oh,
0: boy. <laughs> Wait, I, can I use we're the We're almost done. One cool. last question for uh, Rob. I got to go to the bathroom.
2: I'll be back in an
1: hour. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll deal with this guy. <laughs> You, there's one down here, dude.
2: So many thoughts were flying go through my head. Go to bathroom
1: thirty-eight. It's straight across.
2: So many thoughts were flying through my head. Um
1: You just have to field questions. It's easy. On easier. the way
2: here. You know. I'll wait for Dana to come back. But yeah, like I do. the um
1: Hurry, Dana.
2: No, the, the thing about um you, David, was you had uh you were unlike me, I I would go to life and like there was like a very Asian thing, very Chinese thing when I worked I did a movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme in China it was a different uh thing and this is gonna come back to you eventually (laughs) but what happened was if there was a um um in the, the Western world, if if there is a, um, a problem, you look at it and go, okay, well, these are the tools that we need, uh, this is how long it's going to take, and these are the amount of people we're going to get. Now, uh, in China, it was the exact opposite. They'd run to a place <laughs> with the people that they had, figured out what the problem was there, and use the tools that they could. So it was, in other words, it was like a lot of things blowing up on set, you know? <laughs> and mm-hmm. like, you know, the gen- uh, you know, the generator or whatever getting rained on and blowing up and so, but you figured out things quicker. Like oh. for instance, you were, like when I first met David at an acting class what? here in town. Oh, that's right. You, um, you kind of figured out where the good looking girls, who the good looking girls <laughs> were, we were what? And, what? And, <laughs> who, and who, and then you also had like instead of like you know when I moved down here, I moved into like a dump. Mm. And then, like you, you buy like the one piece of furniture. And then I went to your house, and you had a, a scam worked out way ahead of time. Which is like you moved in with a really good looking older woman. You just rented a room in her house, and the place was tricked out already. Oh right, she, she had a had beautiful it. couch. Yeah. She had like, I mean, first of all, a couch was like a big deal to me. Yeah, a nice. And then you, she had stuff on the walls. She had nothing on the walls. She had, you know, refrigerator. And you just worked out this delicate situation with her, and I went like. Holy shit, I would have never figured that out. It was, I was looking the paper. <laughs> that's our David. <laughs> I was looking the paper for
1: places to live. And, and on my own, I couldn't click and get one. And it was too expensive. And then hers was $400. But she already had a two bedroom. So I just went and met random people. Yeah. And then it was in Toluca Lake and it had a room. She had the big room and she had the whole place beautifully done. I would just <laughs> yeah. walk in, skim through the kitchen. <laughs> you could keep stuff in the fridge. She was very nice. And I just go in my room. So that's all I needed. I had a room. With a bed, and then a little desk, and then a TV in the corner, so I could write, pick up the phone, hear your messages, and then sleep. So that's all I needed, and it really. But She
2: was also a very attractive. She, yeah, that was random. older woman, and when I say At older, point, I mean she was what? thirty, which was she like was for us. Yeah, that was like and a really crazy attractive. old girl. It was like <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Robinson.
1: Yeah, and we and I never even and flirted I'm like, with her. he figured this out, but she was Spade too out of my <laughs> league, too pretty. She was an actress, and she was. Four, five years older than us, six years, seven years older. Yeah, which is a and, huge, which is huge, and big jump. I could. It was weird to talk to girls our age. We had no confidence back then, and we were just like. And she was so great, but then I think the day I left, she's like, "Oh, you know, we never dated." Wow. And I was like. You could have said something. I would there 11 years. <laughs> well, you know what? I stayed there all during SNL. Mary Lou Henner, who we're talking about,
3: <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> said to me, uh, can I set the scene for 30 seconds? You know, sure. You know I do this. For the audience. Yeah. So this yeah. is a trifecta of people who've known each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll talk about Rob and I doing stand up in San Francisco in the early days. <laughs> for him. He was like at, at eighth grade. Always. I don't know, but he was always great. <laughs> and then grade. how I intersected with you at Neil's yeah. will be said in the podcast. And then you two are hooking up. Dennis Miller gets in there. Next thing you know, I get on SNL. And then here come Schneider and Spade. I just want to set the yes. table that we've known each other a long
2: time. Yeah. There was a thing, but. Because we were on, I mean, I want to get to the Dana track of it all. I'm going to interview you guys. The but you had a, a way of figure things out, and then what I what I one thing because I've been listening to the <laughs> podcast was the psychological makeup that for people who get for comedians who get on SNL, and like I've been like interesting deep into uh, this uh, kind of. Um, well, I, I would call it like emotional damaged people. <laughs> and sure. like I consider myself. <laughs> that. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know what it was like? It's like, it's got to be one parent who's missing, mm. uh, unavailable, either mm-hmm. physically or emotionally. Yeah. And another one trying to make up for it who has also got a problems because she's with somebody who's emotionally and physically not available. And so that was the kind of the click. Wow,
1: that was mine Exactly.
2: There is something about that, like, you know, who's not there. And it's just depending on who, you know. Like, then that other parent tries to make up for it and can never, completely. But at the same time, like, also the youngest person in the family. You know, there's the the thing about the youth. Or, you know, sometimes it's an older one who felt like they had to clean up for everybody else in the family. It was, it was a weird thing, though, where, like, you know, there was missing something, so you felt like you had to go out in the world and try to get it.
1: So gross, but pretty accurate. What about the <laughs> uh, And then that begets resiliency.
0: If you have dysfunctional parents, you become the adult in a way. And then show business, which is an emotionally violent sport. Because I want to ask you guys, like, yeah. you bomb that night or an s S&O and person's there and you don't do well – You just go through a landfill, and then who, it's a Darwinian thing, like, who survives the Game of Thrones of early stand-up? How do you not give up? Gets, makes friends, other people up the food chain recognize, in your case, your guys stood out from all the young comedians on a tier below me, and for your writing and everything else, and like, how did you deal, Rob, so you... How how did you fight through this, or were you uh, like how did you get on? Satellite? I think it was <laughs> a combination of
2: extremely sorry. vulnerable and extremely hypersensitive. I remember when I was in okay. second grade because you know my mom's is was Filipino. She just recently passed away, Asian oh, and a really tough war survivor. And she was uh, and and I've i through therapy through uh, Dr. Gabor Mate, who's an amazing Hungarian therapist is like it's it's like he would call it generational trauma. In other words, that's passed on to you. I didn't even realize about this. So like, but, but we would eat weird things and my friends wouldn't want to they wouldn't come over to the house twice.
3: <laughs> you know what I'm you, when you, once. once you
2: see like, uh, you know, somebody's mom <laughs> sucking the eyes out of a fish and crunching it in front of them, Literally? they don't come back for that second meal. Mm. So that's it. So that that's the, and so <laughs> well, but, but, but that's the sticks? way I grew up. So there would be like, you know, you go to your other friends. said, there weren't like heads. You don't go to a place and there's like, you know, the head of a fish like there the or the head of the <laughs> shrimp and stuff. But I loved that, but it was embarrassing. You Cause know? you were taught to love it and you, and so, you didn't even know what you're eating. <laughs> is, is it okay for you right now to
0: do your mom talk? Ex, ex, explaining that yes, to your friends, it, like it is. You, now I can. How she but sounded.
2: I'm, I'm in my fit, but but see what and it was this. It's very harsh. That's what I was Robert, doing. Well. It was it was literally like my bye whole bye. child okay. was Robert. It was just literally like just just you know <laughs> if if not physically, emotionally, kind of jumping back. But I remember being in second grade. Being at the tide pools because that's what you do if you're a California kid. Yeah. You're you're they don't they don't take you to the zoo. it's cheaper to just go to like the ocean and see if there's anything over there.
0: Pacifica. And I, yeah. in Northern so California. In so we
2: went to the tide pool and then I remember picking up one of these things that we would eat. You know, it would be an Asian thing, like a little clam or <laughs> something. And I said, "This smells good." I, and I remember the teacher <laughs> like, "Ew, Robert, that's disgusting. Put it down." And that's when I realized. I said, at seven years old, I said, "I am way more sensitive than any of the other kids in my in my class," and that's my weakness. Yeah. And I, I I I knew that right then, and that was. And then it took twenty years to realize. Well, that's also your strength. So it's a combination yeah. of the two things: extreme sensitivity, but also like you know. And my parents were like. You know, it was like being raised by twelve-year-olds. You know, my my mother first, because that was when her trauma happened. When you know, in the Philippines, when the Japanese came over, and both her brothers were were murdered by the Japanese, and so that mm. trauma from that time, she would whenever she had problems, she would revert to that because that was her survival mechanism. So when she was mad at my dad, I remember coming home and seeing every glass, every plate in the whole house that she could reach on the floor broken and my yeah. brother would just go hey you gotta wear your shoes today in the house was uh, another agency how old shoes. were you at like at that point when
0: you see the broken glass you're like uh, six seven eight
2: mm. yeah like young like really under, really under, under,
0: of an impressionable time Impressionable that, that does uh, never get the childhood just, fucks with you and
2: you laugh at it and then the yeah. dad would come home marvin would come home <laughs> and the mature guy would come home mm-hmm. and he would everything my mom couldn't reach he'd break and so we'd come home and even you'd just it see out. nothing but broken stuff. And it's like, this is this is normal. Didn't happen every day, but there was that that was representative of like, whoa. There's a landmine here. So but it did make you tough. And I remember like going back well, to stand-up yeah. when you're I just remember the sensation of bombing. And I said, Okay, this is, has to be instructional. And this is kind of a thing of being tough. And
0: this is you in high school, right? When high you start yeah. okay,
2: bombing. Because it's like, you know, you, you know, David, you can relate to this too. It's like when you're performing and you don't you're not an adult, people mm. are concerned about you. <laughs> you're being in a club, <laughs> there's alcohol there, they're not relaxed, and they have mm-hmm. to be relaxed. Mm to watch and, and, and to be sure. to, And so I just remember eating it so hard one time, bombing on stage, the physical <laughs> the physical feeling of it. And I said, okay, remember what this is. As I was walking off stage, the only thing I can describe it as, it felt like my ears were melting off of my head.
1: And yeah, sometimes when I get off when it's such oh. a bomb, it feels like the Hurt Locker where a bomb was on. She's like, <laughs> and everyone's talking, you can't see their mouth, you're just walking off going. Because you're thinking of so many things, like <laughs> what that. went wrong, what was going on, and, and how everyone's repelled ab- from you because you bombed and they don't want to be near you. And, <laughs> oh, and, and But I, I didn't quit. And I was saying, it was like, officer and a gentleman, I got nowhere else to go. I didn't really, I didn't have any other plan. Once I started in stand-up, I quit school and then I go, I have to keep doing this because I'm not good at anything. But it's, <laughs> it's instructional oh. though,
2: because at the same time, what I didn't realize, and that was to realize, you know, through years of, of therapy. <laughs> like, I yeah. feel like I'm Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin when, would By the way, when did
0: you start? <laughs> I'm, I'm stealing your therapy because I- Therapy I, at 15? No, 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 15 oh.
2: therapy. Oh God, on and off for years, but the last okay. few years, pretty good. All right, so go back. You said Charles so Grodin. <laughs> Charles Grodin would be, when you talk to him, he talked to you like, he said, tre- he basically treated everybody like they were just getting out of drug rehab. You know? <laughs> so every conversation- every word was kind of like this, you know? No. So very gentle so that everybody, so, and it's just, it's, it's too much, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, when, well,
0: when did you talk with Charles I'm sorry? Just no, no, <laughs> Charles
2: Grodin. Well, he remember he had his he had a talk show. There oh, you went on MSNBC. Yeah. One of those, seasons, yeah. And they, he had one of those guys. He was like a therapist. Said, this is too much therapy. Phyllis <laughs> the, Diller is here. You, you know, I I him for a while on but this the, 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 yeah. the idea of it though is instructional. Now that I think about it, because you mm-hmm. do have to melt away the ego. You have to kind of start from zero to do stand up to risk yeah. yourself to risk humiliation. You got to let go of that ego and this I stuff. I I'm you sure start we all didn't have much ego though, huh?
1: We did. We all didn't have much. Ego. Then I mean, it was more like I didn't think I was a good stand-up. I was trying to be a good one, and I was sort of all broken down into the bits anyway. So any any elevation we got to, there's a point when Rob and I were pretty much from Dave Becky. The guys that booked like the Improv stuff were pretty much two of the best middles out yeah. there, getting I think a thousand each. That was a lot for yeah. Seven I mean, they, shows, they don't get that now. Yeah, you yeah. yeah. yeah, could.
2: They'd fly you somewhere. Yeah, And, and give you put like you a thousand. in the condo. Th- condo. And, and he was like, the they'd pay you as much as 1250 or 1500 a weekend. Wait, what? Which was crazy. I think I capped out at 1000 And that's when we got
1: SNL because we were friendly. We were friendly with uh, Drake Sather. We knew maybe Apatow, Sandler. There were some guys in the Valley doing the Valley improv. And, <laughs> and then when we
2: got mm, We SNL. never had more. We never were good headliners, but we were monster middles. Yeah. We didn't realize how hard you both Had...
0: open for me. I'll say at the end of the podcast
2: <laughs> who was the hardest guy to
0: follow. <laughs> we actually have a clip yeah. here. I'm gonna say I was more second go back to the ego thing because yeah, I think that's yeah. really interesting. Did, did you guys have a sense, even if it was here and there, like a sneaky ego? Or kind of like, I think I might be able to do this. Like maybe you were the funny guy in seventh grade or you did a book report
2: and they laughed. So that's the problem. You yeah. might have had a little bit of a sneaky <laughs> ego of like, I think yeah. I can do this. See, I, this is one thing I you would know. respectfully disagree with you on that, David. Yeah, it's I gigantic mean. ego. It's fragile and extreme sensitivity, extreme vulnerability. And that combination oh, right. is right. show business. It's such a horror wow. show. I it am. is, it is. <laughs> because what it is, but what what happens is once you have that monster thing that happened yeah. like for me was in high school mm-hmm. where all of a sudden I was the funny guy and, yeah. it, and then all, everything changed like girls who would never yeah. look at me look at me and then that was said that's my end so that was the the one kernel that would keep you going because you said this can really work I know I can do this I murder with my friends mm-hmm. and so that combination of of that and then so when you're bombing and stuff you go this is this could work this could work right and, you know? and but
1: you're not with your friends anymore and that's the way people say I'm the funniest guy at my office when you go to a stage Hard where no one knows. to explain that
2: to the audience, though. Uh, seriously. Well, well, I think I'm it's right. part, of,
0: part of the charisma, and I think with you guys, too, it's sort of like that likability comes from the vulnerability, but get out of the way, I'm the shit. You know, it's like, it's yeah. like Elvis Presley, which you played in, in, in uh-huh. Hawaii Elvis in Japan.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: well, I want to <laughs> get to that in a second.
3: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B.
0: But I do think the charisma... Because there were alpha male comics that were like bludgeoning the audience and killing with just... Sort of energy and energy and uh, loudness, crowd work and stuff. And they didn't go as far as the sensitive guys who also could be strong. And also, you guys are both great writers. Let's we'll get to that later. I hate to say that, but you really were. We're getting to nothing (laughs) now.
2: Thank
1: you. Everything's later.
2: You had to recognize (laughs) (laughs) to be successful. part two. I did recognize (laughs) that when I was doing stand up, and I, you know, kind of you have a couple of good moments or whatever, some jokes, but then you see people uh, who you know and i didn't have that the confidence and sometimes you, you kind of get a little of it but then you see people who are really confident and not talented yeah, you had to recognize that's, that's and i didn't understand that. Yeah. that that didn't make sense to me it's like well, why Zach that guy confident and they're but, headliners and you're like confident but not talented <laughs> yeah so with that and you had to recognize okay what's the difference how am i going to make it you walk into a place in 1982 83 yeah. there's 30 comics and go and, and uh, but i did recognize just that was part of the strength that I that I did get from my, you know, my violent mother was like, how are you going to make it? How am I going to make it? And these guys probably aren't. What's going to be the difference? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, w- I would make that thought. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, go, well, I got to make, I got to work hard on these guys. And also, I got to get rid of anything in my act that they're talking about.
1: Yeah, that's the hard part. if you The more stuff mm-hmm. you have, a side note, about yourself least likely it's going to bump with someone else. Because when I go up and the guy, and I'm like a middle and the headliner goes, you're going before me? Yeah. And I, he goes, okay, don't do anything about Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, driving. And I go, that's my fucking whole act. So <laughs> I'm not allowed to do it because it bumps with his, which is something that happens. Uh, the other switch for me and Rob is jumping ahead. After SNL, we could headline and we weren't weren't quite ready. And the the biggest thing about headlining for me that was harder was A, following a good middle like a Rob, and then B, The Mm -hmm. check's going out. The people at home don't know that when you're doing an hour set or even 45, around 25 or 30 minutes, the checks go down. And that means everyone needs to pay so they can get them out. Oh, they're
0: doing math. And and everyone stops
1: laughing. They just go look at their check and go, hey, who had two Cokes? Did you have the curly fries? (laughs) What's 10% of 179? What's 3% of, and then everyone's Mm -hmm. like "Talk. And then you go, wait, that joke usually kills it. And people never warn me. Oh, the checks go out right about then. And there's some comics that say, don't put the checks out until I'm off, which is, it fucks the waiters over because, you know, yeah. I never say that because you got, if you can get through that hump, then you're good again. Because yeah, if you're when, killing, when you hit that hole and you go, oh no, the checks went out my head, I see someone like slow motion going, oh, let me get my visa. I go, oh my God, everyone's getting them right now and no one's listening. And then you got to bring them back for your closer. You got to somehow keep them
2: around. It's, it's, I, it's warfare. I got to stand-up for 20 years because of that. Because I just like, I respect the art form too much to do it. If you're not doing it all the time, and I didn't want to eat it and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I did like, I said, if I'm going to do this, I got to do it full time.
1: And when people pay, you don't want to rip them off by doing like yeah,
2: a half Yeah, I don't want to feel, I don't I want to do it. a celebrity victory lap. So I had to jump back into it hard. And I did. And it's been like, now I'm ready to get out of it again
1: you know the you know, name of my tour is celebrity victory lap so i feel so stupid <laughs>
2: i well what
0: happens is so you guys you guys are just middle so you have a, like a 30 when you got on 20, snl 20. Oh, okay yeah. i'm trying to be generous <laughs> yeah. i'm a nice guy 25 okay. you had 15 you had 10 sub <laughs> minutes 15. anyway and some filler and some so crowd then you work. get on snl and you become the bad boys of comedy and you both have this great run in the 90s on snl okay And then all of a sudden you're being offered, can you go do an hour at a college for like 20 grand or 15 grand?
2: But you don't have it, so what, that was who you- I broke. At a certain point, I stopped doing stand-up, but I remember where it was. It's like 1990, 1992. It 4,000 people in Milwaukee. and I. Said, <laughs> You're famous now. Now I'm famous. Yeah. And I have never had the thing where people are paying to see you before, and they're yelling out stuff that, yeah. that you know- they're <laughs> Making <yelling> copies. <laughs> yeah, it's during the day. It's during the day. that is also like gross. So they're sober. They're, well, they're not- Well, this is Milwaukee, so they're drinking during the day. <laughs> <laughs> they're all- so, And then they do- They do- uh, You do the show- and I got, I stumbled, and I got through it, and it was like I gritted it out. And then there's two shows that day because they're paying you a lot of money. There's two, mm-hmm. two shows, and then I walk out there and, and I look and I go, it. The most frightening thing is, it's the same. No, day. oh no, and, they, and I got to do it again. The same said, crowd. I, I, I can't pull it off. Grotesque. I can't. What, what did you do? I can't go on. What I, I, I just, I <laughs> mentally broke. <laughs> And I got <laughs> start it's crying. Like, you know, it's, it's like, like a nightmare. No, but it's like, you know, from doing stand-up so much times, you know, when you're having the middle of like a set that ain't the best one? Yeah. Oh yeah. And you just you just you get through it because you're, you know, you're like a you can go into that robot mode. And I remember yeah. talking to like, it's a weird thing because you show up you show up at a place, and I have made, and I you're like this too, Dan. You'd say I, what can, experience can I get out of this particular situation? And I do that. So I was on some show. I forget if it was Leno or Letterman or one of those things. And, I'm, and there's this, this, vi, this Asian violinist. She's like famous. I'm sorry I forget her name now. But I said, how many days a year do you feel like on, on? And, I said, she, and I, she said, well, I work 250, do 250 dates a year. I said, how many of those Oof. dates would you guess Which she felt like at the top of her name? Yeah, good question. Do you know how many she said? I'm going to say two. Yeah. I got
0: it.
1: Shut up. <laughs> I was going to say 240. Two she said
2: 2? Ding, 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 wow. ding, ding. Because then Damn. you know exactly <laughs> that yeah. the, the little tiny thing. It's like, because when I when first of all, Dana was the guy yeah. in San Francisco. There's two guys that like, that were like so talented that Hollywood came up. There was Robin Williams and Dana yeah. Carter were so talented. You don't mind me saying, it's just a fact. You were famous before you're famous. They were so talented that Hollywood started coming up, looking for, well, it's gotta be, they're like making up them up going up there here. to get them, yeah. Like, well, there's more, but we'll, 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 we'll t- okay, I guess we'll take that guy. And it was just like- Right, he, like it's he, comedy comedy like the yeah. third tier of mm-hmm. those guys well alright well then him, he's young enough there. maybe he'll turn this yeah. on but yeah. Dana would have lines around the block and you know performing for open mics you don't really get the that audience you can't really tell if your material kills or not whatever but when you're open for Dana Carvey you have a chance to have a real audience who's there for comedy Good comedy. Crowd. who's excited about comedy yeah. Dana used to part of his act. he used to be able to do stuff about people waiting in line for his next show and then that was some of the funniest stuff in the show Because it was like at the other cafe, there was like an open window. Oh, you could see them through the window. You see
0: them waiting to come in.
2: (laughs) Other comedians, we would sit in the back and just watch and go, like, okay. I said, well, we're good, but we can't do that. Yeah.
0: Well, I had the same thing with Robin. I just kept thinking I got to get better every time he'd come up and levitate (laughs) the Holy City Zoo. And I was starting in college, so by the time you saw me, Rob, I had gotten other cafe opened in '79, and that's sort of where I started to develop. I hey, I could. The first time I did a character yeah. for 30 seconds that wasn't me, I was terrified. <laughs> so by the time I, that that club really, really saved me. Because, you know, you play the honky-tonk bars, the cowboy bars with the blender going, yeah. and your act gets bluer and louder. But that was like a, it was a 60-seater- it was
2: the old hippies hit? in there. They rewarded you. Seventies. It's the difference know, between like liberals in San Francisco in the sixties and seventies, which are like question authority, yeah. and right? Like, and they go with you. And if you were taking more artistic license, and sometimes like Grace Slick would be in the audience. You know, mm. you'd have like it, mm-hmm. was, it was like there were these cool kind of the what you what I loved about San Francisco poetry was the vibes. bohemian vibe, yes, and which was artistic and were supporting you like those you know the great you know Frangetti and the the. Um, you know the City Lights bookstore It was a place you go. They printed their own books, so San Francisco had that vibe at that time. It still had. It was it.
1: eclectic, cool neighborhood.
0: And, and yeah. now
2: it's 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 gone. But but that was a really now it's it's, it's have you not been to the taunt. gun
1: down saloon there? It's not
2: bad. <laughs> Lasted but, but that warm. was a place where they did reward you for going further. And, yes, and, and and would go and then so that was the <laughs> perfect place. Yeah. And uh for, for that. And and it, you really did get a chance to see. And, and you were like you were f- levitating on stage. It was just you were floating. And then the characters that you would do, you'd pummel an audience. They were literally exhausted leaving.
1: Rape and pillage.
2: <laughs> Jeez, Louise, I'm loving this podcast. <laughs> we should take I know, our time. Enough.
0: Let's not let's not make this a rushy one. Let's uh, no, it's very about... nice, Rob. But when you appeared, because I want to throw out some names because yeah. it's nostalgic. So Rob and I came up from the San of the comedy scene which mm-hmm. you, you know,
2: so and the comedy let me just interrupt one second and the and the comedy the big thing back then was if you're a comic then, was the San Francisco comedy competition. Oh, yeah, yes. yes. And, and the, huge. you didn't want to win it, but you mm-hmm. wanted to get top five. What was the yes. newspaper but, but called? But Dana would do this thing, and he told me this. Dana was like, Dana gave me nuggets, which I held to this day, because, and it really was, and he, he used to drive to the, I'll never forget this, when you drove hmm. to the comedy uh, competition, because that was a lot of pressure, and the mm-hmm. talent scouts were coming. And it was a mm-hmm. big effing deal. Robin Williams. We that was rounds, a, a, so. Yeah. <laughs> and this was the time where it was like it was big. You would perform at like fifteen hundred people. Mm-hmm. It, it was that big. And the you competition. Go
0: weeks of rounds to get yeah. to the finals, and yeah. then
2: and and you would. And he told me said that Dana said that on the way to the place he would listen to the Beatles. It's getting better all the time. That's true. Yeah. A little better. What a weirdo.
0: Better. Isn't that kind of cool? It's a little sexy. But No, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> you know, but the heat, because, <laughs> and Dana would say things like
2: this. I need to feel funny before I go on stage. No one told me that. He had to feel silly. He got himself in the place. So there was a methodology. He didn't just do it. And because sometimes you just see the after effect, like we didn't see the college years and working your way up and watching yeah. Rob and having mm-hmm. to follow mm-hmm. Rob. And we just saw the audience just sees what they see. Mm-hmm. So, but right to you learn the craft and to learn at the high level that you were at, and just as a young man watching it, it's like, okay, that's, that's how you do this. Mm-hmm. That was very instructional.
0: And it, it, it prepares you for SNL in a way. I mean, there's people who came up through Groundlings and stuff which kind of take their sketch and put it on. Stand-up is so rough and tumble. You have to be so tough yeah. that on SNL, yeah. all you're trying to do, and it took me, I think, 80 shows, just to quiet that voice in the back of your head saying, this isn't going well. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that line. Oh, I dropped that. Dress was bad. I didn't commit like I did it dress. And so <laughs> I wonder where you came in and when you felt like you got in the groove with SNL? Like, well, were you out, out of the box or four we shows We in? did
2: four shows in the 89-90 80, season. They oh. brought us in, which was like, it was wonderfully, it was just amazing to just be there. You were like, um, somebody, you know, Bernie Brillstein, who was, uh, you know,
0: Talent manager extraordinaire. Went and to the and stars. he was
2: also, but he, he would also give you to, look, look. Yeah. Lord <laughs> is gonna not let you. one, <laughs> you're gonna have to wait. And that's part of it, is you wait. it so lets you know that you uh, you uh, are less important, but not in a bad way, but it's like you gotta know that the blah, 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 Yeah. And, yeah. You and so you. So you. this is a famous talent manager, right, also. Managed
0: Belushi, Belushi and actually telling you this. And, yeah. Lord.
2: Listen. <laughs> and yeah. more, Listen. And more, And more. And so the thing about it was like I mean, it's ridiculous it actually lorne yeah, managed everybody his whole mm. lorne michaels a famous you know comedy and uh you know legend legend who, who you know launches careers would uh, would also have his system make it a little easier so he would rather just if you were in the brilstein camp that was like you know minor league ball until you get a chance to get mm-hmm. in there but i remember like the night that we auditioned yeah. at the improv and by that time i was hardened and i was ready to go and i had a monster because uh, a monster um set, set to do because i had i had a monster i remember like because jay leno bob fisher our bob old manager fisher was except, another talent manager in the san francisco scene who identified yeah. could identify talent so yeah. oh, you're gonna make it and i'm never wrong it's just nice to hear that wow that's nice to hear
0: david do you have that special stuff <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm always getting engaged. That's why I like Blue Nile because every week when I go to get engaged and I know I want to plan the perfect proposal, celebrate the love I've built this week. Yes. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But this is such a big deal to get married and you know, you got to mm-hmm. do it right. Blue They know what to do. They know it takes all the guesswork out of it for you. Totally. With Blue Nile, you can create, get this David,
0: a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. That's the whole hook, man.
1: Yeah. They've committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry. Mm -hmm. They offer a diamond price guarantee, which means they can usually meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond because you know, you're going to spend all this money there. I like they, the diamond industry made up this thing. You should spend about a year's salary or two months or eight Mm -hmm. months. And you go, should I, you know, hard money is right. to come by, and you know, painful. Oh, the best
0: deal it will be yeah. when you spend way, way too much. Your friend tells you about Blue Nile and then you see that you could have got a better diamond ring for half the price Four or less. That's yeah, painful. Yeah, yeah. So skip the painful, and make the diamond ring manifold.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. Exactly what they, thats, what <laughs> that's what I said. Kind of rhymed. <laughs> manifold. You're making a lifelong commitment. Mm-hmm. get guaranteed service and repairs for life mm-hmm. your secret's safe this is the best thing they they send your order uh, it's insured it arrives in packaging won't give it away mm-hmm. could be anything mm-hmm. that could be the, that could be ruined right there hey honey i wonder
0: what this is and then she shakes it oh i don't know maybe it's a coffee cup and then she opens it up i love you honey Right now it says fragile diamond ring inside. (laughs) 100% satisfaction guaranteed with guaranteed free shipping in
1: returns with Blue Nile. Yep. Right now you can get $50 (laughs) off your purchase of $500 or more with code fly at BlueNile.com. That's $50 off with code FLY at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com.
0: David, whether you have a few weeks old puppy or a senior who's seen multiple decades, any dog person like me knows the most valuable thing in the world is spending time with your pet. Yep. The farmer's dog makes it easy to keep them healthy, which can give you more quality years with your lovely dog. Yeah,
1: well, I've heard farmer's dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. And, you know, that's what everyone's looking for. It's recommended by vets nutritionally balanced uh it's made from human grade ingredients safe clean kitchens all that stuff matters
0: yeah i mean you love your dog why why get the lousy food for your dog farmer's dog is the best traditional dry and wet dog food options are extremely processed
1: sometimes you dogs much
0: lower quality
1: yeah <laughs> you you put it in their bowl and they go what is this kibble and they knock it away what is this canned goo Oh yeah. I've had our
0: dog. Yeah. Look at the bowl yeah. and then kind of crank its neck up and look at me. And it was like, really?
1: They go, really? Why don't you go first? You want to bite of this slop? <laughs> and it makes that sound. Here you go, dog. Mm-hmm. And like, so
0: farmer's dog isn't just higher quality food. They also send the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog based on their unique nutritional needs. It makes it easy to help your dog reach and stay at their ideal weight, David, and which is one of the biggest indicators of a full, healthy life. A fresh diet has been found to have all sorts of benefits, David, from healthier coat Mm -hmm. and skin, better breath if you want to kiss your dog, and even easier digestion and smaller and better poops.
1: Let's look at a clip. It doesn't matter (laughs) if your dog's young or old. It's always the right time to invest in their health for more happy years with your dog. Get 50% off your first box at the Farmer's Dog. Dot com slash fly.
0: Let the farmer's dog know we sent you. Use your code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box. Yeah, did you and- have a surefire when you auditioned? Did like I, a, what? a bit yeah. that kind of always Elvis killed. Elvis on a fishhook? Yeah, so I did had, you share I had that my stuff. share with our listeners?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had stuff. Well, I'll give you well, one of
0: his. Okay. <laughs> well, let, let's let, go yeah, ahead.
2: Do Elvis on a fishhook? Well, it's or like a... like uh, oh. it's a visual. God, I forget the exact thing, but it was, a, it was a thing where you could act it out, right. where you did oh, an impression oh, and could act it out, and it was an interesting idea. you interesting did a really good Elvis. Yeah, so I did like... I was... You know Elvis is what when I first before you know I was always into Monty Python and by the time Saturday Night Live came in it was over I was into it mm-hmm. Cheech and Chong it was over with mm-hmm. I was I was in this for life and uh, but the thing that for performing the, the guy that was I was turned on by most as a performer was Elvis mm. just because of like such a stud you know the album a hundred million. Fans can't, can't be, wrong. be wrong, yeah. Unreal, he's like, well, that's true, <laughs> it's oh, but he can't. No, he, he's a, he's he's a, a that's like a, an Undeniable. entire population of Western culture, of that? Western society, and so well, what and, and then his performance and his. You know his, um, you know everything. He everything. had this, and you played Tiny Elvis. Elvis. Oh, you yes. oh, yes. <laughs> played Tiny too, right. Elvis. So I would literally just sing Elvis songs and try to get his moves and stuff. And can you? Be, I know you kind of Give me a little bit. Get uh, on the yeah. mic. Oh, hold me close, hold me tight, make me thrill with delight. Let me know where I stand from the start. I want you. I need you. I love you. Well, and then he would do this. Oh my, my God! Ha, 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 ha. He would, you know, so he was just like Dude, killer. He it, dug it, deep for that. That was would, a gem. That would was lose good. their, you know, I mean, uh, and they w- go crazy. They would go nuts. They go crazy and, when you would sing. You do it now or never. <laughs> and, I remember watching. And I did that at high school, and after a practice, and then it just murdered so good hard time. that yeah. I was like, that was it. Can yeah. I say one thing right here? <laughs>
0: you kind of around in here, you look like Elvis. You have a, a little I bit of an that, Elvis, yeah. over a little with bit your of something. Yeah, in your mouth. Thank you. It's a yeah. little
2: something that kind of works. So when yeah. I put the fake sideburns on and, yeah. and and I had the jumpsuit on, even at 115 pounds, my wrestling weight, and they called you Tiny Elvis, and they gave no. us Tiny Elvis. You, so, but and you then we did t- it, and it murdered because people. It was yeah. a really good performance The difference is a really good impression performed mm-hmm. really well. Mm-hmm. Seriously, yeah, yeah. That commitment to it. It's just like when like uh, Napoleon Dynamite that dance he does is really funny, but he's really committing to it, and it's really yeah. good. Yeah. So that's the combination of stuff, and then. It's it's just naturally, if you're naturally funny, then people are like laughing at but it. But
1: when you went to Japan to do Elvis for a couple of months. <laughs> it was a complete, yeah. but were you playing, you were playing a serious Elvis, you, were you adding jokes? I wasn't, or I
2: mean, first of all, yeah, I got the phone call and that's the time I was living in an apartment. <laughs> this is $200 this is a, a month. $200 a month. Basically what happened that's was- it? I was living in a place that, and it was just a hole in the wall, but what happened was Milt Abel, the comedian says I, I wrote his name down <laughs> <laughs>
0: I wrote down Milt Avil because I, I wanted to give some props
2: to our and, our, and he's an awesome yeah. guy really Mark good Kitta. comedian he had yeah, jokes he that I remember it. to this day like you know when somebody tries to hand you a, a flyer and they go no mm-hmm. you throw it away and it's just just that little good yeah, little yeah. one line like, ah, I wish great, I would have thought of that comic. and yeah. so I, lived, I moved into this place he said it's $200 a month blah 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 the first month I was in there the uh, the eighty five year old Russian landlord who owned the place. He said, "So I and then I had one one. Bowl. <laughs> Can we hear the landlord? That's going to be this, funny this already. This is the old guy who's who's owns the place and he lives there. And it's a, it's a shithole. The whole place is like been painted <laughs> like, once in the fifties, but I don't need it. I just literally put a mattress in there, just the one mattress, and then this is it. And I'm just going to do stand up and write coffee. It was right down the street uh, from uh, you know, uh, Fillmore. His coffee mm-hmm. shop. Yeah. Says, this is perfect. So I paid. it. He said only takes cash." So 200 bucks, perfect. Sketch. And then I, I remember like one of the, I only had one light and it was like a 30 foot ceiling. Cause so you know what those old places are subdivided, subdivided, subdivided. And there used to be an old giant Victorian in the day. And then they turn it into like, f- you know, 13 apartments mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And so uh, the one bulb that was at the ceiling, the one light that I had, I didn't even have a lamp. It went out. And I was like, well, I gotta have that. You know, I had my one light. You need a light. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta have a light. So I, you know, I don't know where to go and um, <laughs> to asleep, but I said, well, I just go, I knock on the guy's door, the landlord. And I go, well, you know, the lights out, what I did. <laughs> I, I Okay, I can, I'm going to have to get down and get the get ladder. I got downstairs to get the ladder. I come up, I hang out. And then he came up. You know, and you just, <laughs> just, I'm just a, a, this dummy because it's like, I'm watching an eight, and then I realized I'm watching an 85-year-old man on a 20-foot ladder Climbing up to change a light bulb, and I was like, ah! And I'm watching, and, I, and then I thought, well, wow, he's already up there. <laughs> Let <laughs> no, him just get. What do you to do now? He knows what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, you he can right. spot him. And he comes down and said, "I don't feel so good. I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. I've never felt like this. <laughs> and I'm like, really? And so, well, I don't know what to tell you. You know, he's <clears> a week later. He's dead. Oh my god! Died a week later. And the thing was, though that he had no living relatives in anything, and so nobody was asking for rent. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I went from $200 a month to nothing. To zero. Hmm. I had nothing. So I was living in a place for rent-free. Did you push him <laughs> off your floor at all? Or <laughs> I think I may, changing the light he, may have uh, killed him. Away? I don't know, but I did Put realize, like I should not have an 85-year-old guy changing the bulb. It's weak But anyway, so, okay, so the dies. landlord dies. Now, how does this lead to Japan? Yeah. So what happened was I get a phone call, uh, from um, another funny voice Mark uh, uh, yeah Mark This Mark <laughs> funny is it, voice the McGee. Filipino community whether you're half Filipino or bad, whatever bad. Right. there's a small community of people and they try to like you know because they know that the Filipinos they'll work hard and they'll show up because otherwise mm-hmm. you'll be you'll be you've been, great nurses you, you you've been, do yes, work hard they, great they, nurses. They'll, they'll beat the shit out of you. you're, you're, it's been beat into you you better mm-hmm. work hard you better mm-hmm. show up if you say this you gotta do this and yeah blah, blah, all right and so you can depend on Filipinos like mm-hmm. at the end of the day like <laughs> if you do get a Filipino to come over to your house while you're moving they'll move to Oh, you yeah. know all day, Great. you know. And if you have somebody like they'll take your blood pressure, do the whole So I get a call from him, and he says, Uh, hey, listen, um, you do Elvis, right? And he's like, it's like, he's calling me at nine in the morning, which <laughs> I just want to sleep man. at like
0: four. <laughs> you do
2: Elvis, right? you, 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 you sing Elvis, right? He good, said, good, good. Okay. He saw me do the, the Elvis thing yeah, yeah. about it in high school, and so I said, Yeah, yeah. I said, Do you know the song? I said, I, I you know, I know a couple, like three. So why, why? He said, well, <laughs> our, We just lost why? our Elvis impersonator. And I said, what do you mean you lost your, well, we, he, they're in Japan, they were sending a band for an, a new club that's opening. And he said, can you go to Japan to do Elvis? And I said, listen, I only know like three songs. And I don't really, it's not really serious, you know? And I don't, I don't really- <laughs> Do you know, sound it, like him? So I call Bob Fisher and Bob says, do it. You'll tell, you'll tell, tell the story on Letterman one day. And so, and I, I called Mark and I realized I don't even have a passport. You know, I've never Mm -hmm. like, you know, I think I had left the country when I was a little like 13 with my parents. One of those cheapy European tours where you go on a bus and and, um, they take you to the worst... Worst hotels in, in in all of Europe, so that was it. So I had to get. So I said I don't have a passport. I can't can go. You
0: use the dead Russian landlord's passport. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: I'm just saying. I'm in a drawer, I think. Oh, where's this going? Okay. So he said. He said, just go to the the this Japanese woman. she's just go to Japantown and and she'll take care of the. They can take care of it. the Japanese if they want to get something done. They get it done, <laughs> you know. The, the, so this they, they, the they Irish they, they, they conquered the, you know they 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 basically took all of Asia in in a month and um, so they, they'll do this. So uh, I go over there and she looks at me and she goes, ah, his, his name wasn't Mark it was Alex. I'm sorry, Alex Howardgie was his name. He said, she looked and he said she looked at me when I walked in she she with a fright in her eyes and like, "Oh no, I never trust Alex again." because <laughs> you're the Elvis because it's like i of this short guy coming to be an Elvis you know and I'm <laughs> but just, you had puffy hair up. you had like Elvis yeah, and, so, but, yeah. and I said to her right there again my stand up experience after doing it for a couple of years yeah, but I yeah. said no, no 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 I can do this I'd be alright I can do it and they had no alternative they had nobody like else a movie it's and just, so yeah, literally it's like a Friday down. and I gotta fly <laughs> Sunday to, to do this for the next week and so the next thing I go oh, I'll just do it it'll be fun and I get on the plane and I start going over these um Songs? Songs and stuff. And we're like, I don't really know this. And, and then the, Alex is like, hey, listen, just where you're going, Kumamotos, like the Alabama of Japan. They don't speak English. Just do the same verse over and over again. They're not going to know the difference. So I said, no, All right. Right, I'll just do that. But then I realized... No, you can't just do that. These, these are Elvis fans. Yeah. They, even if they don't speak English, they got going to Teleprompter, cue cards. <laughs> yeah, this is way before yeah. any of that stuff for uh-huh. me. So, anyway, on the way over there, I start getting a little bit nervous about it. And I go, ah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, what the big deal? It's just Japan. they like, what? I'm never going to come back to this place. I land there. There's a bus that picks us up, a bus with posters all over the bus that says Elvis, new Kennedy house. <laughs> anything Japanese, you know? Like anything. The oh Japanese loved any American words like Kennedy, Elvis, you know, <laughs> yeah. Nixon, whatever. <laughs> they had nixon elvis Barry Kennedy, goldwater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so <laughs> goldwater so then we the, I, then i i we get on the bus and they drive us straight to go see the the Kazu guy which is like a mobster guy and he, he looks at me too Kazu or whatever it was it's is a it, japanese yeah. okay. it's, mobster. It, he's the guy in charge whatever mm-hmm. he's like the, the guy Fuck that. and so he looks at me and says you sing now you sing now you elvis and he looked at me you sing, yeah. you he's sing got, now he's got a funny voice too <laughs> you, sing, you sing now he's got hitmen around hey. him and everything <laughs> he just looked like a dangerous little guy he so around did you, eyes, what did you he it made me sing right there he took us out to eat and he made me sing he, No, he made me go, like go to the place and it's i said i'm gonna have some time never... he took, literally so after we ate he took me to the club and i said okay i got some time because okay, the club's not done it's just it's like mm-hmm. the walls aren't there the floors not nothing oh, did you sure. have one, one delay go to elvis song
1: you know Huh? Did you have one go-to of a song that you did in your acting? You know, like, Now or Never used to do?
2: <laughs> yes. Um, uh, it's like uh, a hound dog or blue oh, suede yeah. shoes. But the, um, so anyway, we go to the place. It's not done. I said, oh, I'm going to have Sorry. time to learn these songs because the floor is not in. There's no way it's going to open tonight. But the thing is, in Japan, if you're not done, they make you pay. If you're a construction, whatever company. Oh, really? They make you pay for every hour you're late. You oh, pay, pay fines above here. Above. So they did finish it that night. And then the problem was, it was three shows that night. Night. fuck off and four on weekends after the first show the first night i blow my voice out i said i can't do this and, this, oh. and the, i go running into the sushi no, place which is every every restaurant there and just start just <laughs> sh- just shoving down ginger uh, go to seven uh, gin- lemon eat sushi uh, ginger and ginger and just I, I get through the second show and i and then the third show i don't know how i survived it i said I, I never gotta do it again like
3: this the next day
2: and i don't know how i'm gonna do it again did you kill and uh, it was good it was okay you know there was enough people you, on the weekends Was there a it was little packed.
0: band or karaoke or
2: we had like they they flew me over with a band a and little everything. bands playing but but, okay. but anyway by, by, like and i said well you got to figure it out and then but it was uh, and sure enough i did uh, do the um i did my first letterman appearance was uh, i did i did um he said uh, so you were elvis in japan <laughs> what was that like and then, <laughs> so I, he did ask me a question i didn't wow. have a really good uh, it's still um, funny because you
1: did Elvis on a fishhook on your first set, right? Yeah, that was going like, full circle. So that that Elvis was
0: really, and then Elvis on a fishhook was just one of those quick hit.
2: But yeah. I, I could do a really good Elvis, so that would like it helped. Oh, I, I know what it was like. Uh, I don't know, maybe I said now. I would just introduce just you know, like a. At that time, if you did odd stuff, unconnected, yeah, it was kind of interesting. That was yeah, like a, a style it. at that yeah, time. Yeah. It's like, and now uh, I'd like to do my impression of Elvis on a fish hook. And on a fish hook. And I go, ah, oh, sunny Red, I don't know why. I'll maybe come back here one of these days and get them, ah, you know. Ah. and I would do that and <laughs> go back He's and And, forth. and was, His list
1: curls up and he tilts his head and, and lifts up like yeah. he got yeah, yeah. a laugh.
2: Yeah. But that was the thing that, like, when I did that at that set that we did yeah. and you know auditioning for SNL, probably. Yeah, and it was just one of those things that you got a big laugh it was interesting. And Lawrence said later, um, you know, when I um, <laughs> if, if I think- see something brilliant, um, I know that there's uh, the potential um, to repeat it. Yeah. And I said, am I hired? And I guess no. that was the way no, of being hired.
0: No, that. that Elvis on a <laughs> will be like, like a rugger. I, I don't
1: know if it's a talk show. You talk to Jim Downey. Well, you, just- you also used to do reading from Elvis. I, actually, your act was very unique. When you say, you just said a little bit ago, you go, I should try not to have the material like everyone else. That wasn't my motto, but you did because you actually did that. You also did also reading from... The first time I met Elvis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Elvis
2: and me with Priscilla was funny. An impression if you're not good at it, just doing something that's completely not good it at all also yeah. works. Who was that? That was Priscilla. That's Priscilla. <laughs> now, oh, I said, oh, oh, you, oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I read the book, Priscilla. Priscilla Presley wrote a book and you just called Elvis it. and Me. Yeah. Yeah. And I swear to God, when I was reading it, I started reading it out loud to people and they were just howling, laughing. So so Maybe I was could the do voice it on stage. for Priscilla? It was, a uh, I would just talk like this, which is a kind of like a version of my, my mother. Yeah. My mother also, she would never, she didn't understand- yeah, the first Her mother time from, I mother from met Baguio, which is like the mountains mm-hmm. of the Philippines, uh, she wouldn't understand jokes, but she would understand how to laugh at the right time. she go, ha, ha, Your mom. Marvin, very What sweet. does it mean? What does it mean? I don't understand.
1: You know, when he said he goes, When you were, uh, one of your jokes was, um, I'll mangle it. When you were a little kid, when you were eight years old, you banged your head on the coffee table and your mom would make you feel good and she'd go hit it and she goes, bad coffee table, bad. And she goes, and you'd feel better. And she goes, we make it even, bad coffee table and hit it. And then you go to bed and your dad wakes you up at two in the morning and goes, hey, Rob, get on down here. Your mom spilled hot wax in the coffee table. We got to make it even. You know our policy.
2: Oh yeah. So then you have to so, yeah, on got you. A <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. That was the idea, yeah. <laughs> they got to make it even. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember like if you if I did that, you know when you do a character it's like mm-hmm. you can do your jokes and you get it but when you do a character it's just another. Also in the middle
0: of the joke you yes. playing Yes. And also people.
2: you uh, you had a musicality
0: too. You had a rhythmic musicality from the early days and we're hearing it Thank now, you. which is also I like the whole is great in the Some of the parts of musical rhythms.
3: Oh, like, yeah. getting
0: copy. Well, um, it was, how do you hit that? It was just so infectious.
1: Making copy. You
3: know, you like has, that.
1: There's a musicality
3: yeah. to it. Yes. And it
0: sings. It's
1: got to sing. A, it's a song. Oh. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Oh, yes, you heard me right. You can talk to an actual human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And
0: now a word from our sponsors at Betterment.
1: Okay, Dana, you, you like to kick back and relax every
0: now and then, correct? Of course. You know, it's like all work, no play makes Jack a dull boy. (laughs) <laughs> but you know what you don't want relaxing my heart surgeon the pilot on my next flight the guy with the nuclear codes
1: <laughs> no those are good answers the correct answer mm. is your money if you have money to invest you want it to be working hard for you mm. you know me david you know i'm with you on that that's what the betterment automated investing and savings app is for it's a simple way for you to give money a swift kick in the butt your money i'm listening I'm not quite sure how they do it, but apparently automated technology is optimizing your investments without you doing a thing. You just relax. Not only that, but your money can earn 11 times the national average in a high-yield cash account. Well,
0: well, well, well wait a minute. No, wait. you're telling me that I can be mm-hmm. earning 11 times more than- More than the than national th-
1: average. Yep, that's what they say.
0: Jeez, 11 times is, well, let's more than 10 times, which is a
1: lot. Where do I sign up? Okay. (laughs) You visit betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed, cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. It's time to get Betterment. I'm Jack. How did you yeah, now I, let's get to that part. We Rob and I fast forward, we get we get hired on SNL, we auditioned audition at Catch Rising Star, I think.
2: Well, the first one we did at the Melrose. Okay. And then like the we scariest the cut- part was like I, at that time, I kind of had like a a little bit of a fuck you attitude in the, in a good way because you have to because you get otherwise you get beaten down and I said, you know what I, and he said and then I got the call from Bernie <laughs> you know, uh, um, Lord, Lord. he managed to put extra syllables in that one. <laughs> lorum <laughs> and I said, well. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll, you know, Bob, Robert Stallone, Smigel. his son. <laughs> Stallone, the yeah, Smigel did a funny thing where he was just like, where he, uh, it was just, you know, you take it so exaggerated and yeah. Robert was like, um, let me eat your foot. I don't know how it got there, but yeah, his, his Bernie impression was, I want to eat your, I want to I eat your foot. And, and I I was obviously guy, no like one Santa Claus. No <laughs> That's the thing he told me
0: the first day. Yeah. No one fucking knows anything <laughs> in this business. And later on, Brad Gray said, I told him, why is he saying that? Because it's like, you <laughs> know, give me 15% of <laughs> yeah, that. <he> don't, <laughs> I don't know
1: fucking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> now give me a check. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: true. So I, he, the next day he said, well, one wants to meet Warren. you. <laughs> well, one. And I said, well, I got a gig in San Diego. And I said, mm-hmm. he knows, um, I'm middling, I get a gig in San yeah. Diego. And he said, he'll, he'll know uh, what it's like, if you have a, a job, he'll respect it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and he said, if he wants to meet me, he'll fly me to New York. And, 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 and that was very, and I just said that you know, in the Balls, morning. Baby. As I'm driving down to San Diego, I have the cold sweats, and I literally like, I just fucked up everything. Yeah, Why for didn't sure. I meet? And I really had, and but in the back of my mind, it was the right thing. And the only person he flew... Out of all those people audition was me to New York. To meet you them.
1: flew over me while I was driving.
2: <laughs> <laughs> David was, oh yeah, he was getting ready to move furniture because he had to go back and, and, and forth every summer. they hired us as a writing team. It, I remember you guys
1: a, coming in like
0: freaking Yeah, frank. it was a weird they, they, scene. Bernie said, they
2: were a writing team. You got to hire them both.
1: I was not aware that I, I didn't want to, first of all, I didn't want to be a writer. I wanted to write but be a performer. And that was hard. And that's what I was saying about Copy Machine. We did those four shows. Even Dennis said, Spudley, you don't get anything on. I think it's curtains. <laughs> I'm like, and it was only fucking four shows. I go, well, there's no fucking chance. I did get a Michael J. Fox on, on the Dice Clay show. Oh. And Kenny Among, who I love, says, David, I forgot to put you at the beginning. I go, what does that mean? He goes, I didn't put your card up where it says, featuring David Spade. And I go, it wasn't there? And he goes, yeah. So no one knew who you were. <laughs>
0: and I go, God damn, my okay, one it's her, shot. It's a tradition on the podcast. Just 10 seconds, of Michael J. Fox, Casualties of War. Sarge. Actually, I just gave you <laughs> one. Do it for
3: Rob. Yeah. No, you're down Ten to one seconds. syllable.
1: Um, he's seen it too many times. <laughs> okay. So I do Michael okay. J. Fox. And then, uh, and then sorry, we have his summer sorry, off, listeners. <laughs> and yeah. then Rob and I get hired
2: back. They, yeah, wait, they was, always wait a while. It was a little touch and goy because we didn't get anything on. But I remember yeah. like I, I would do anything. Four like shows. they said, like, write... Um, promos promos which yeah. is like that why are they letting me write promos i've uh, never written a promo yeah. in my life so, this is awesome fucking jury, and you realize right? no one wants to write the promos yeah and so i went in and they said you know and, and lauren was i mean i was just blown away by the fact that lauren would even talk to me of and course. then he said like and then you know it's, um you know just um and you have to write it you, you'll write promos and then um no explanation either you just gotta figure them. it out so then and so i went in and deborah winger was the, the host. The wow. I remember her. And I went in, and, and Jack Handy wrote a great sketch with her, even though she was very fragile. I walk into their dressing room. She's there <laughs> sitting <laughs> Sorry, with on the floor, <laughs> and she's literally crying, going, I can't believe <laughs> you talked me into doing this. I just, I, I'm not, I can't I And I was just like Whoa is this like this Every week Yes <laughs> Wow
0: I would have gone In Travolta You know for her Like from What that western what was that? Urban Cowboy Go ahead You know like I kind of think I might be falling In love with you Something like that <laughs> <laughs> Sorry <laughs>
3: <laughs> See that was a
2: day of well, Dana, too. Is that he he would hit the you know in his standup too. just like the turns he would make. Yeah. By the time he would be like like a a, a NASCAR or a racer, you know, a driver, and all of a sudden, and by the end of his routine, because he would do the stuff, but then he would pummel the audience. It was like a boom, 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 mm-hmm. and by the end, he would go from one impression to another impression, and then the impressions are talking to each other, and the audience <laughs> can't breathe. It was like, a, it was literally like a meditative understand. thing for that. So, yeah. I, I gotta, said, holy shit. I'm going to listen to this Robbie, podcast. So That's think, very nice, Rob. But, but, <clears> but that is what we can all, cut all that That was the influence with um, me.
0: David wants to make an edit yeah. now. Just uh, no, <laughs> no, just anything about Dana, we're going to take out. Pumble, uh, pumble, pumble. Rob,
2: when we were at, I think those four I, shows. I, I just got to use the restroom real quick. Am I just sorry? I said, can I use the real quick? Yeah, yeah. Just want Yeah,
0: just yeah
1: just go through the back room. Dana, you started standing. Rob's going to go away. We don't have to stop it. We can just wait, right? Keep going. Oh, we keep going? Rocks he's so rocks weird. I using the restroom. I know. That's really smart. Talk about Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> <laughs> what does that
0: mean? Like He's, he's taking it too. Like he's going to unload?
1: Yeah, he's going to unload. He's chop getting
0: it the unload it. chamber. There's a bathroom right here too. Do you know that? That you don't have to go in the back bedroom?
1: I just don't if you, I guess, I'll, where did you go? I went to the very oh, back. Got stay in his bathroom. You You're not going again. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to let you know mm-hmm. in here, taking a mirror in there so you can even. Mm. You can watch yourself. Just either one. Audio-only podcast. No, it's right by the grocery store. If you go through this hall, there's a little mini Ralph's. It's a pop-up. You go through that.
0: Sorry, Sarge. Hey, Sarge. Sarge.
3: I got it.
1: It's Casey Kasem. (laughs) I got to do it. Hey, I, Sarge.
0: I hey, Sarge! I have
1: to get a new one. Dude. We don't have that many runners. That's just a great. That's runner. a great runner. No you one gets got one. You know what? Uh, Nikki Glazer said about your set the other night that you you should do more of that Bill Gates bit and um,
0: on the island. Yeah, it was yeah, funny. I just, I was just,
1: and do more of Clinton. You, it looked, it was like, oh, you see those pictures?
0: So I, I I got I was them for bailing you. because I did. I was just doing concepts. I was bailing because
1: a lot. You yeah, know, but they like they were I so got excited. The pictures I did keep some of those pictures to well, send I you. You did a standing ovation, to get but to me, that's not good
0: enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because I did Chop and Broccoli on the piano where I wrote Chop yes. and Broccoli. So yeah.
1: You did a standing ovation, but they found out that guy worked there. Dun-dun. <laughs>
0: hey. You came up, and I no. knew on the way out, all I heard was roaring.
1: Well, they, they what happened was the other night, they if we're crushing. still on, is that Dana came down to do the improv the other night, and. Uh, He's doing hosting uh, a show coming up, so he's practicing. hadn't done
0: stand up in three years
1: in a club. Three years in a club, uh, they we put him as a special guest, and then uh, I went after him. But went up great. Read some stuff off a notepad. Everyone was enchanted. Funny premises, big laughs, closes hard. And then I went up, but everyone was like, pss, pss, dang, dang. So "Well, that's good."
0: Excited. If she liked that, I like the premise of Bill Gates on. Pre, you know, Epstein's Island yeah. being awkward. Yeah, hey, what are you doing here? I'm just like putting it on sunscreen. We're gonna go buy the pulley. Wanna go? Hey guys, Rob is still in the bathroom, and um, I know that's exciting news. But uh, let's roll that videotape. Part two. Uh, well, he's in the bathroom doing part one. If he, does, <laughs> if he does part two, we'll let you know. But right now, I'm here to say that. On Friday, part two of Rob Schneider's epic appearance
1: on Fly on the Wall. After the bathroom. Let's look at a clip. Yeah. This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of
0: Cadence 13, executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment.
1: The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13.